Hi, welcome to Bible Studies with the Twins. I'm Lori. And I am Michelle, and we are your hosts for this podcast. Excited to have you here. We are twin sisters just sharing our love of reading the Bible for the very first time to encourage you to do the same. We're not Bible experts. We're just two girls who fell into false teachings, law of attraction, manifesting, didn't know God's word. So we are sharing our journey to encourage you to join along with us to know the truth. We hope our Bible studies bless you along your walk with Christ. So join along with us, grab your Bibles, and let's get started. Before we get into our Matthew Bible study, we wanted to let you know this was the first book of the Bible that we started reading after coming out of false teachings, new age things. So please remember, Lori and I are new to reading and studying God's Word. We have learned a lot over the years, not just with about God's Word and the Bible, but in the book of Matthew as well, we came across other people later after we recorded all of our Matthew Bible studies that taught us new insights. So we might squeeze in other little talks of just sharing those little things along the journey of these Matthew Bible studies. Please though, make sure you check out our Matthew resource page where we're going to link up all the resources. And if you hear something, please give Lori and I grace and mercy along our journey. We're still learning and growing and Jesus is still working on us and changing us. So we hope you enjoy these Matthew Bible studies. So welcome to a Bible study going over Matthew chapter 8. A few days to get through one chapter and we're okay with that. We've actually been enjoying it. We get new insights and just it allows us to keep deeper reflecting on it. So we just want to encourage you like again, you take longer on a chapter because some of them have a lot a lot in it and you need I think time to like digest everything that was just said just before we get into it we just wanted to do show you guys we're gonna do it a little differently now when I felt called to we're going to read it kind of out loud with you going and going by verse by verse we're gonna be sharing what we learned as we kind of go it reading it and is that hoping that making making sense instead of us just sitting here reading it and then we just start discussing we're gonna read discuss read and discuss all as we kind of move through it so it's one that pass them on to you when we're going to approach this Bible study. And a little disclaimer again, Lori and I, you know, you guys, you guys know the resources we use. I'm going to start reading chapter eight together here. And then Michelle and I will kind of stop and pause so we can kind of also take in what our notes are from this rock. So first one, starting chapter eight. So now we just got done, you know, the, the, where we're all at, where Jesus just got done doing his big Sermon on the Mount. And now he goes into his power, into his healing. So we're going to start reading here. Chapter 8, verse Lloyd's Lloyd. reading out of her NLT. And yeah, so it's an NLT version, right? I'll pop uh, it every once in a while online if I if it has to. a different word or whatever, yeah. So large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. And he said, Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. And before we dive any deeper into what Jesus replies back to, there's a lot, I, I think, background information when first reading this. Kind of really meant to have be a person with leprosy back in this time period. And I think that helped again kind of put this story even in more perspective on really understanding the depth of what was really yeah. happening here. At least yeah. it did for me. Um, even though generally I knew like leprosy, <laughs> you don't want it. But of course, back then, as we know, the people that were coming to Jesus were the broken, were the extremely sick, the outcasts, and obviously someone with leprosy was a person that was very out. Like they were literally were told to live away from everyone else. They were had to. They, if you ever were near someone else, you had to yell out, "Unclean!" Like coming from someone who suffered from a skin issue that covered my whole body, 
I relate to this. I can totally relate to this because I truly felt so embarrassed. I remember always trying to cover it up. You felt unclean. Was, you I did. did. I really did feel unclean. So this really hit me. The power of our king. Mm -hmm. And um, so we first, uh, the beginning of kind of like this, uh, be loyal guy, he kind of broke it off again before we got into this. He said like, the start of the book of Matthew, we really got to see the king, him being born, his heritage, you know, genealogy. Then we got to um, learn about him, learn the principles of what it means to be living like, the, you know, in the life, which is all the Sermon on the Mount. Now we get to see the power side of our Heavenly Father. But this going over some like words, again, I, I boxed suddenly and I also boxed um, the word knelt. He, in my Bible, it says he knelt before the man, before mine, Jesus, mine does too. He knelt and before so just kind of, and also he approached him, like, I'm underlining that, he approached him, so again, what I took away is that this man that had leprosy knew where to exactly go to get the healing that he wanted, like that just knowing, like he needs to go to Jesus, he doesn't need to go to all these other priests and stuff, he's going to go right to the source. Well, that's kind of how it was, so. though, uh, we also... The Harvest Family went into great detail of, of and, I, and I'll get to, can get to more here too, um, about the healing is that people that had certain skin issues or health issues in general, people were told to go to the priest, let them pray over and things like that. Let and them do these super like like rituals or And so leprosy was one of those stuff. things that no one, even the priest, could, could really heal. So to for him, this man to come up to Jesus with such faith, truly believing that, well, no one else could... I know he you could. could like this. And, he, like um, to me, that says a lot. Yeah. A lot, just a lot. That it also shows you a lot of. Like to me, it takes us not only is the, is the man's faith is a big part in this, but also he just knew, he knew who this he was. He knew who Jesus was. He knelt, kneel, kneeling you know, down, and he immediately started to worship him before he even asked for what to think. So just but then the other pop, yeah, something else. So he, he knew where to go, and he knelt before. So two things there, and then going into what else? But before I say what I took away from it. He says, and it's sort of box of if, if you are willing. Yeah, he already like knew that. that he was because, again, he approached him and knelt. So to me, that was the first time he knew this was the man to go to. The second thing, though, he was very humble. Not only get by him going, getting on his knees, but he was humble in terms of, he said, if to the Lord. He wasn't demanding Jesus to heal him. Again, you can just imagine if you were this person that had this leprosy that's been outcast and had been walking around saying unclean, so embarrassed. And then you still come to the person that you know can heal you and still be so humble in front of him saying, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. I know, I just yeah. find that very um, great reminder to ourselves is don't demand things. We need to be coming to our Lord humbly. It would be your will to heal me and not to demand it, which is something, you know, the way that I fall into false practicing. And I think this is where people... It's hard miss, for people miss to over. hear that. They, they miss over this part, the if you're willing and it, It's hard because you want to be healed. We all do. And to know that, you know, it's not saying that Jesus can't do it. Again, if you're willing, the humbleness. And I also wrote my notes over here. This also that I took away from it from some of our commentaries that really struck with me. So I wanted to remember it. It also showed him that he didn't, he wasn't doubting that Jesus could heal him. I think sometimes... Some people, we have a hard time. Sometimes we, we pray out, but we also have this doubt. Like, is it really going to happen or can it really be done? So this also, to me, shows the doubt that Jesus could heal him. It's all about if he was willing. I just find that, again, very humbling thing to go. So then going down to uh, chapter verse 3, Jesus reached out and touched him. And I put a box around touch. I think that's 
an important thing to, to remember the touch of Jesus. Yeah, because yes. what I had here is, you know, back then, skin issues really freaked people Nobody out. Nobody wanted to touch people. You, and you weren't really supposed to, like, touch. And that, can you just imagine, that's a natural human that every single human has that wants that that's just that in them to be touched and here for years and years and years people are going without this because don't of me don't touch of the skin issues. so just imagine the 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 loss of hope within them and the emotional this i think obviously was put into the this story was put into the bible for a reason to remind ourselves of the power of of jesus's touch and so people were so shocked that jesus Oh my gosh, you're touching a leper, you know, but he, Jesus didn't, didn't yeah, see I, it I that wrote, way. People, again, what reminded myself, people back then were outcasts and were seen as clean not to be touched, but I said, but Jesus didn't move when this man came to him. Jesus didn't turn his back on him. He didn't run away just because he had this issue. He stood right and there. And one thing too, also, that, and moving further and more of these healing things we'll see, is that Jesus knew that this person, that's what this person needed. He needed to someone actually to touch, touch him. Like that you know? meant something Because we all know, person. and we'll see that in the ones moving forward here, that, that Jesus just saying the words Can is powerful. Healing. But Jesus knew this person needed to touch. So just something for all of us to reflect on our own lives. Kind of like we talked about before, that God always knew how to talk to you. He knows how to show up. This is something else. Every person, that's why every person's healing, everyone's journey is, you know, I feel like it's going to be different because you can even see different ways it was done here. So it goes to show it's all going to be differently done in all of our own lives. Yeah, and it shows us the supernatural power of God is, is amazing. He can do anything whenever, whenever he wants to. With a little side note, I have like Jesus healed in a few different ways that we'll see different scenarios of this. So like this man came and a few other ones we'll see here. He healed, be they healed because of their faith. They already had faith and they were healed. Other times Jesus healed to help people have faith. Mm -hmm. So I think that's just something to always remember. There's so much more to things happening even today's world. And then when you see healing happening, that you you know the person could have had so much faith but also sometimes things happen to help someone have faith. So it's just something for all of us to, to you know, to reflect and be on with our own self and how we see healing right. of others. And another thing, I just wrote a question, a deeper question that you can reflect on. Um, I just wrote a sign up if you want to write it down too. Is God allowed in your life to touch you and change you? you can always put it back to you. Is, is God allowed in my own life to touch me and change me? So just something deeper question to ask yourself in terms of this deeper, deeper, deeper picture of the touching. Yeah, so adding on, I just have a few but he mentioned, you know, so you think about it, there's other people that also had leprosy, but none of them, and I thought it was just interesting, none of them came, so I have written in my notebook here, so we need to make sure we are coming to the Lord willing, willing to be changed, because those others with leprosy did not come, but this man did. Because um, he, as Lord was saying at the beginning, he knew who, who Jesus was and where to find his healing. He talked about and then the previous ones about really checking your heart and your motives. And as Laura was saying, that question to really ask yourself, are you truly allowing God to come into your life and to change you? And a lot of us have this stuff that we're carrying that keeps us in our whatever struggle we, we have. And as this leper humbled himself, just threw himself on the ground and asked, ran up to Jesus why others people were kind of like running away from Jesus right. and, it was just, and back in that time it's just something to really think about and then ask yourself a deep question are you running towards Jesus or are you running away from Jesus is this deeper question sometimes 
And it goes back to what Michelle was saying, like James 4, I think a lot of it sometimes is our motive behind things. Yeah. Um, and what, and, you know, are we asking with the right motivation, right with the wrong, right, you know, heart, right with the right motive, something to kind of think so of. None of us know if we want, if, you know, why some people heal and why some don't. That's, that's, that's the Lord. We give that to the Lord moving forward. We'll see a lot more examples of different types of faith. And so I think that's just something for all of us to, to remember. Yeah, so going into, going down to verse 4, you know, he after he healed them, he told, um, he says, Then Jesus said to him, Don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let them examine you. Yeah. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. And this goes to, we'll go a little bit deeper, saying that Jesus also knew how to, what he needed to do to heal that person. Like, and remember, Jesus is not just healing our physical side, he's also here to change our, us spiritually as well. So he knows how to do that in each person. Like, and we mentioned here, he touched the, but also here, he didn't really want the leaper to go like, oh, look, look at this, look at this. He knew exactly what he needed to do to get the most impact, to prove people again who he was priests had these ceremonies with, I guess it's deep, deep in Le Leviticus. Mm -hmm. uh, so we haven't read the Old Testament yet, but this is cross-reference. What he said in Leviticus, yeah. Cross-reference with Leviticus. It was like this, like this, this, this ceremony, and here Jesus was able yes. to just do it. And I guess he wanted in, that to be the, yeah. the evidence. So like, back in Leviticus, I just quickly wrote, there's seven offerings. We won't go too deep into them here. Jesus knew that was better for him to go do, to prove to the priests and the people back then that he was the one that was healed, like he was healed. And them to be like, oh my gosh, you know, and so, but I find it interesting though. Um, and you could kind of see that as Jesus also, uh, we learned from a few other commentaries that Jesus wasn't always just doing this stuff to gain this popularity crowds, yeah. attention. So here's a perfect example. He told people, don't tell anyone, just be evidence of it. So it just goes to show you truly how humble Jesus our Lord was himself. He's back with the priest and the priest will do these this procedure that we learned in the Old well, we will learn in the Old Testament, which we quickly wrote here ourselves, these seven things. So. Then, then it's because it was Jesus knew it was more important for the priests back then mm -hmm. to declare him as restored and healthy. So therefore, the whole society, his whole community, would no longer see this man as an outcast. And Jesus knew that was what he needed. And so it goes to show to Jesus, oh, what they they know what they're doing. They're so much yeah. smarter than the rest of us. And anyway, I just um, shall mention, yeah, he wasn't always performing his miracles to get a crowd. Usually, again, you'll notice, like, he'll avoid the crowds. He'll go off to the side, or he'll see a crowd coming, and he'll go this direction, which I find, you know, and, and they always kind of told the people, don't go do this, go do this instead when I healed you. And I, you know, he always has, like, a purpose kind of for what he was doing for everything. One, one thing we'll move on, um, just remembering that we need to come willing to, to whatever God needs us to do type of thing, willing. So sometimes we feel untouchable. Again, the leper was the example of this. This is how I feel like you can kind of see it all in our own life. We feel untouchable, right? Your life's so wrong, you failed or whatever. Kind of think surely God doesn't have an interest in you. But here's someone who's totally just been outcasted and comes to him. But remembering this, this is showing that Jesus is always still interested in us. Moving on, this one, is, this one actually became one of my favorite stories. Yeah. Almost more so than I think the leper was the, the Citron's faith. And as we learned, what that is, is he's a high-ranked military official. And so really looked upon, you know, a lot of people expect that he was rich. They usually were in charge of about it. What we learned from the history is about 100 men. So yeah, they, they had 100 men that he kind of like had authority over. Mm -hmm. So here we go. Moving on That's to verse 8. Mm -hmm. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant, 
lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. But before, actually, I actually wanted to mention this, before we return, he says that when Jesus returned to Capernaum, um, this commentary reminded me of, well, a lot of some, like five, he said five of these miracles were performed in this city, yet the city rejected him. I just find that mm. we'll learn more about why we think people rejected him, but it just, it must have just been so heartbreaking that here Jesus is doing all these amazing things, and yet the, the mass of people still are rejecting him. So, because yep. um, again, they, they together, the religious leaders back then, they decided that Jesus was working for Satan. That's not yep. what he's here anyway. So, but anyway, moving that. So just know that. So we're dealing with the, the background again. Okay, so we're Jesus there back in Capernaum, a city that doesn't really want him there. But yet he's doing all these amazing miracles. And um, this Roman officer, again, a highly looked up Oscar. And also about Roman officers, not only he had authority over 100 people, what else about the Roman officers probably you can all think of? They were not believers. They were mean. I mean, at least we've heard from those, some of the commentaries were, who studied more of that history back then, like how they were just saying, like, the Roman officers would really hurt you if you didn't do what they said and stuff like that. So they, they just paint that. So again, not only leprosy was a big deal, but look at this Roman, highly looked at Roman officer. And the word that I love how, again, sometimes I feel like God was very particular about the wording that we use, use in the Bibles. Like my Bible says he came pleading to Jesus and I, I box him pleading again like he to me had this test you can tell his desperate desire and and, and care about his servant like yeah. he was pleading to Jesus and like, again this high-ranked official Roman officer was pleading and then you just kind of imagine yeah. that so again showing how hum how humble but I in other versions it says appealing to him and and that's coming from the Greek word probably gonna say this wrong I don't know Greek but par Kalo, um, and it, it means strongly urging or, or begging. So again, as Lord was saying, this is a pretty big deal to have this man of honor begging, begging. And just probably seeing everybody who's watching this is probably like, oh my, oh my gosh. gosh, like what and, is happening and, and one thing here that we see, who is he begging for? Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed in terrible agony. So he didn't even come for himself. He came on behalf else. of somebody else. So again, not only does he just, he, he comes to Jesus, he, he's at the state of just begging for someone else. So that's just showing a lot of character already from these just first two Shows first you two how verses. humble he is. And like, again, like he's, he, he was truly an honorable man. Mm -hmm. And he knew where his place was, but he also had deep care for those that were under him. And I love, I love Jesus' response. He said to him, am I to come and heal him? <laughs> My Bible says, I will come and heal him. Mine wasn't a, what yours? Am, am I? It's a question. Like, Am I to come and heal him? Uh, interesting. I don't know why yeah. my Bible. That's I love that. I, they translated my what Bible. What does the New King James say? I will about? come and heal him. My New King James said. Jesus said to him, "I will come and heal him." Okay. Oh, interesting. Well, your Bible says, chose as to a, add as a in something else because he continues. But on. I like that. It makes more sense with the story of him. Like, well, do you want me to come? Because you know he didn't. The you can the question. He wasn't like come and heal him. He just says he was just giving him a back, giving Jesus kind of like a background story. I have a servant. And he's paralyzed and he's in pain. Yeah. So moving on to verse 8, Lord. So just stopping right there. He already addressed him as was. Lord. He Again, Lord, like Lord was in the beginning. Most of these these soldiers did not have, have faith. And he recognized who he was. Yeah. In a sense, also, he's on the state of begging. He even goes here. I am not worthy yeah. to have you come to my roof. To me, I wrote that. Again, he's more acts of humbleness towards yes. Jesus. 
and mm-hmm. see, sees himself as unworthy. Uh, or he's saying he's humble. But someone who's seen as this up here, right, in their society back then is admitting that he's not worthy. How many people will will do it today, but also <laughs> back then, you know? So moving on. But just say the word, and my servant will be healed. So he knew Jesus was that powerful that he didn't even need to see the man. He didn't need to touch the person. Just the, the power And I underlined again word. the word, again, reminding again that he understood the power of he a you got Jesus' authority, mm-hmm. and um, which he goes into deeper next. But then he under, also understood who he was by saying the Lord, and he also since he knew who he really was, and knew what he was could do, he mm-hmm. said just the word. I find again that's such amazing. So this faith to me, I wrote down in my Bible. This is a statement of faith. Faith, yeah. So um, and I, on. And I said yeah, this, this mm-hmm. story is a great example of the power of faith. He yeah. said so, yeah. I know this, um, again, if you just say the world, you, my servant will be healed. I know this because I'm under the authority of my own super. So again, since he also has people he reports to, and then he also has his authority over his own soldiers. And he gave an example to Jesus. I only need to go, go, and they go, and they come, and they come, and I say to my slave, do this, and they will do it. So again, he right there, I reminded myself is that he is recognizing Jesus' authority. Jesus, who he who he was, and that the type of authority Jesus has. Well, Understanding this, of yeah, who he Jesus. is, <laughs> just like and coming from someone who didn't didn't wasn't raised probably in the church much, um, and then going on, Jesus says, hearing this, Jesus was amazed, and a lot of the commentaries all may note like this isn't this doesn't happen much written in the Bible that Jesus was amazed, astonished. Two other times we found said. out one was with the faith here, and I guess another story down the road we'll get to is someone's not faith. I think. I, I, write it down. I thought someone I thought said that, but I didn't write it down. It down. But I, I did too, but I don't see my notes. So if you know, mm-hmm. uh, please share. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's, it's just not a common thing for Jesus to be amazed. And my whole, I hope for my whole notes of this whole section of these verses 5 through 13 here is truly Jesus is teaching us about faith. Again, hearing this, Jesus was amazed and said to those following him, Truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with so great faith. I tell you that many will come from the east and the west to share in the to share in the banquet with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So let's just stop there before we end it out there. Yeah, so again, reminding that this whole head. thing that's about faith. So here, what we learned is a lot of people back then assumed that they were born as a Jew, that they're automatically saved. And this Jesus is showing, look at this man's faith. And some of you Jews who believe you're saved are not going to be saved. And that's pretty much Jesus no, that's saying in this statement. The majority of his audience there he is, are Jews. And my book says, he says, many Gentiles will come from all over. So again, again from everywhere, east and west. Are that they will get to sit in them because they believe. They have this faith that many the people that have been studying the Old Testament do not have. Yeah, because he even says, but the sons of the kingdom, and people who thought they were born into, their salvation was said. He's saying, no, you will be thrown into the outter darkness and all that. What a little, you know, back then, a smash to the guts of those people. So I just wrote here in my notes is that your salvation is determined by your relationship with Jesus. You're either your life with Jesus, have full faith in him as this soldier did, or into darkness and you're just kind of oh, I, I was born into it and I don't need to do anything type of thing I think that Jesus is trying to get across like look at this man he humbled himself 
just look at this. And so I just thought that was interesting. Um, so yeah, I also wrote, I wrote with mine, but also what I took away from that little, pet, not only is that about the salvation part that Jesus was mentioning that, again, it also showed you that Jesus will will let any anybody who believes with that will get into heaven and um and they could be gentiles is also i also like people back then i thought again only the the jewish people because they you had the old testament they believed um they were god's people the israelites but he was i reminded people no anybody who believes will get to yeah i also took that i also wrote that also shows he's you can kind of get a glimpse that there is a heaven and a hell Mm -hmm. where he says they will feast in the kingdom of heaven and then it goes to say at the end it out they will be thrown into the outer darkness weeping and gnashing of teeth and so that's just a scary picture of what <laughs> hell could be like and we haven't gotten to revelation yet but here is this glimpse reminding people there is a heaven and a hell and jesus is here kind of like hinting at it so i just wrote also in my bible to remind myself the lack this is kind of him saying this is your lack of faith consequence so just, just think about that. The consequence here is lack of faith. You could be thrown into the darkness. I also just made note from a different commentary that I got from the Logos app. Some people have trust in Jesus as their savior, but do little to act on their belief. Then there's others actively following Jesus, passionately pursuing the Lord's will and all the things. Mm-hmm. So they take their relationship with Jesus Christ seriously. So we need to ask ourselves a question for all of us to sit and reflect on is, are you merely a believer? Or are you actually a follower? So loving Jesus, we obey his teachings and remain faithful, even when it gets hard, because it's not going to be easy. Jesus has, has said that. So that's something for a lot of us. I think, again, this is Jesus is showing, hey, someone who had no faith versus some who believe they're just born into it. I think it's, it's that might hit differently for every somebody in all different ways, depending on where your own journey with your faith is. But I just, I, I also see this as also Jesus. He's not trying to be mean. I don't view it as, I view it as, hey, I'm, I'm giving you um, warnings. I'm giving you make sure you're saved. And then he's like, all these things, some people still aren't getting it. And so he continues to give us grace and mercy, more stories to show what he's trying to help us see how he, it's a relationship. And we do our best to do what he says. Oh, here I found in this commentary, he goes over the two times when Jesus is marveled by amazement of someone's great oh, okay. faith. So here is the great centurion. And the other one is, and then he says here, the, here, and then also in, well, in Mark, well, in Mark, Mark, Mark six, it says the great unbelief of a Jew. So I'm excited to kind of get to that story and compare the faith differences between these two, two, two men, or I don't know who's back then. But anyway, so it's the side note. But Jesus said to the Roman officer, "Go back home because you believed it has happened." So again, it goes back to show. Again, Jesus didn't have to go and touch this person or whatever because mm-hmm. that wasn't needed in this situation and jesus knew that because again of the conversation he just had with this roman soldier because the roman soldier also made note of it you don't even have to come i'm not worthy of you coming all you need to say is the word so again i can just imagine jesus's astonishment wow there's somebody that has this great belief in me but oh jesus i said jesus healed out of a person's faith and other times he heals michelle mentioned earlier to help them have the faith so again, this to me is an example of he heals a person because he had the great faith. Yeah, and just other words going about the you know the soldiers just just said said the word. So I just wrote here again the word is a Greek word called from logos and it means Jesus. And I so I wrote here that the word equals Jesus and that word heals. Mm-hmm. So kind of just uh, another importance of not only being in the word but believing in Jesus and who he is and all that he said 
and things like that. So I just think that's also important. So now of healing at Peter's house. And other stuff, but yeah. Jesus heals many people. Jesus arrived at Peter's house. Peter's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. So let's just kind of start there. I just made note that it was a high fever. This going on to Jesus continues to go around and heals people. And to me, I you know they don't leave some my stuff. There's no one really says exactly what the fever was from. It could have been from multiple different things back then, but I don't. I took it as it might not have been as big of a deal as someone with leprosy or someone even being paralyzed. So I wrote, and Michelle, I think, wrote it down too. Like, Jesus even cares about your smaller issues yeah. as well. So he cares about the big stuff, like someone with leprosy and being paralyzed. And later on, you learn about someone being dead. But it's also he cares about even someone here was um, high fever. And the other thing I took away from this, it says mother-in-law. And also, we have to remember back then, even women weren't really looked at as, as anything of true importance. Um, they can even be seen as outcasts. So again, here... Jesus again is doing something that's so like unheard of. He's also healing a woman. Yeah. And just touched her hand. The mm -hmm. fever left her. So again, the power of touch again. Mm -hmm. Then she got up and prepared a meal for him. So I just wrote again, when she was touched by Jesus, she then wanted to serve him like this woman. So we have to remember when Jesus, when we are touched by Jesus in our own lives, what typically what happens, at least I know it's happened with Michelle and I, we want to serve him. We want to do well by Jesus. So I think this is also kind of reminder sure of that. Enough. Like she, she got too, up she was served. healed by him and Jesus helped her. I'm going to come and serve you. Yeah, so it's I a great reminder to us as well. I just wrote in my Bible, um, it says physical and spiritual healing, remember. And Jesus heals each person individually. I think that's also, this is all these different cases. I know there's more healing coming forward, just showing that. Yeah. But again, he cares first more about the spiritual healing. Again, that's why he knew he needed to touch the guy with the leopard and all this stuff. So he knew certain th things of way to really show he cared for, for that person. And I think that's one thing else to make note of. I, I, I think I forget where I wrote that down, but I remember reading that and Jesus truly cared about every person that came up to him asking for healing. Here it shows that Jesus could have more people came to him to be healed and they were sick and some had demons and stuff in them. And this is going to show he's fulfilling a prophecy back in Isaiah. And so I just wrote again that Jesus heals all who were sick. He's, he's fulfilling a prophecy. And so again, we have to remember that in a bigger picture, a lot of the sicknesses and stuff is, is, is sin. And so it's this power of sin that we humans, you know, we can't seem to break. And again, that's the power of Jesus' stripes that we were healed. Again, this yeah. is other yeah, other keynotes that I just took away from the scripture. Again, I, I boxed in many, because again, many, so lots and lots of different types of issues of demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus, and he cast them all out with a simple command. It goes back to who he is, a simple command. He can change with a simple command, quick, quick, sudden stuff that Jesus can do, God can do. It's amazing. And then it's like he healed all the sick. He wasn't like, oh, I'm going to heal you. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to heal you. No, he healed all of them. Mm -hmm. So I think that's also a great thing to remind of who our God is, the big heart that he has for his sick people. And to the, the fulfilling of the word of the prophet, I just wrote note too, just because it says, going back to the prophet, showing that's being fulfilled here, that he took our sicknesses and removed our disease. It's not saying that's a promise. Yeah. He's going to heal that's all. He, he can heal all and he can do it quickly. But we need to be might know it's not a promise. It goes back to the leper. If you're willing, 
you know, if you're willing, God, to heal us. Um, it's also so. relating to, I wrote down to that he's delivering his people from the bondage of sin. Yeah. It's and I also wrote that it's the sin and sickness will still happen in the yes. because we live in this in broken, broken world. world. So we have to remember that people are still going to get sick. And that's again why Jesus died, to save us from that sin and the sickness. Yeah. My, and again, like I was saying earlier, like some people are going to heal, others won't in this time frame. Some will heal on like so. Which is not God what knows. we all want to hear. We all want to yeah. hear that we, and then Michelle has a hard time when people come to her with eczema. And I even I would see people with acting like god what do i really would say to them besides like just the basic stuff like watch your hormones you know your diet your stress level and stuff like that yeah. but ultimately the healing is going to be coming from our heavenly father the last one last thing from commentary here to be loyal he just said again this this him touching the healing the mother-in-law it seems like a minor miracle but there were major results happened from it so again it also kind of shows me like seems something minor oh yeah he just touched a fever but the the after effect of what happened from that because of the I think of the bigger picture of what was going on back then I think we learn more about this because he references to Mark so we'll I think hear more maybe about this story in the book of Mark mm -hmm. but pretty much he was just we might showing us from the book of Mark that I guess after the whole city started coming to the Lord after this so again they heard this man you know he's healing the sick he's healing women like he's healing the people that people didn't think could be deuced, um could be healed um, or worthy of healing. So again, he changed one woman's life, but that led to many other people's lives being changed as well. So to me, it's like one small thing can to, can make a bigger impact. And then ended out with again the, the Isaiah, the fulfillment of Isaiah 53. He says, please note that Jesus fulfilled this prophecy in his life, not on the cross. He bore man's sickness, sicknesses and infirmities during his ministry on earth. To say that there is healing in the atonement and that every believer has the right to claim is, is it misinterpret the scripture, which I was saying, like, this isn't a promise um, from the old prophet that he's going to well, do no, all this. Saying, so. He died because for the bondage of our sin, not, yes, to, to, he died on the cross. To and I guess all he the also references, I guess we'll learn more when we read the book of First Peter. I guess First Peter also implies that the same truth is also for um, forgiving us of sins, which he bore on the cross. God is not obligated to heal all sicknesses. He is obligated to save all sinners who call on him. So that to me is a big difference because mm -hmm. you can still be a sinner and be sick, but he will save you because he, he died on the cross for our sins, not for our sicknesses. So I think that's again what the... And I think I, for us, when Michelle and I got into, I think that's when the enemy comes into play. No, I'll help heal your sicknesses. Come over to my side of the camp and forget about God. I'll make yeah. you your own God to heal you kind of like the law of attraction stuff so I think that's to be mindful of in your own life to have discernment of when you catch yourself maybe falling I know Michelle and I would definitely keep asking for that discernment so we don't go back down that path yeah. and to me this was just another little check-in you know it's not God is not obligated to save us from any sicknesses he's only obligated to save us because of our sin and dying on the yeah, cross when we choose him and follow him and stuff yeah that's that's the so gift know. the gift isn't of that we're guaranteed healing uh so i just wanted to you know so that the gift to remember is is that we have eternal life again if we choose to believe jesus, jesus died for us Thank you guys so much Lloyd and i will see you in the next bible study that will finish up matthew chapter 8